0: hello and welcome to episode 30 of loogie i'm your host zach here with the beautiful jack and andrew as always and we've got a good show for you this week we've got mets prospect talk we got labor negotiations talk we got hall of fame talk and we got our card teams built and ready to discuss first let's send it over to andrew for the mets top prospect news what do you got for us, Andrew?
1: We got two pieces of, well, one piece of news and one player. The news is Baseball Prospectus put out their 2022 top prospect rankings this week or last week, and they're, I would say, the most respected prospect rankings. Usually, when you hear about prospects, people will reference the Baseball Prospectus rankings. and. Mm-hmm. The Mets have 3 players in their top 100. Yeah, baby. And they have 2 in the top oh, 15, which ooh. is pretty awesome. Yeah. They have in the,
2: 3 in the top 100?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 3 in the top 100. That's That's the
0: league average. <laughs> but two in the top fifteen, though. All right, two in the top fifteen. I That's that. that's what we're excited about, Jack. All Stay right. on the positive we have, side. We have the Mets of, podcast, not a Yankees we have, podcast.
2: We have two guys in the top fifteen and number one hundred. Is that yeah. what you're telling me?
0: Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. No, Let's just stick to. We got two in the top fifteen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We have. Uh, well, it's all guys we've talked about. First is Francisco Alvarez, Woo. the catcher, is yeah. ranked tenth in the MLB, and then Brett Beatty, 10th. third baseman, is ranked thirteenth. Mm -hmm. And then the third guy is Ronnie Mauricio. The shortstop is ranked 51st. So we have three in the top 51 Hey, uh, if uh, we really want to get down to it. And I think we have zero
2: zero in the next 49.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: All right. right. Uh,
1: So that's that's really for the whole organization. And then I have just the one new prospect for this week is JT Ginn. He's starting pitcher, the number six prospect in the Mets system, according to Fangraphs. He was drafted in the second round by the Mets in 2020. And he's kind of an interesting one because he was drafted in the first round by the Dodgers in 2018 out of high school. He decided not to sign and instead went to Mississippi State, went to play college ball. He won the SEC Freshman Pitcher of the Year. And then right before the 2020 draft, he got injured and needed Tommy John was so uh, out for a whole year plus.
0: Oh, I see that. yeah. his name was T.J. Ginn back then. Tommy yes, John. exactly. and his name his name is actually John Thomas, which is interesting.
1: <laughs> hmm. yeah John Tindy. but so yeah, he needed he needed Tommy John despite the injury the Mets still took him in the second round because he was that good in college. and he is healthy now and it seems to be paying off sweet. a uh, little bit of highlights about him. He's listed at six two two hundred right-handed thrower. Uh, His fastball sits between 91-95 miles an hour, and he has a plus slider and a pretty good changeup. In the minors in the past season, he pitched in A and high A. He had a three-zero-three ERA, a one-zero-five-four whip, had 81 strikeouts in 92 innings, but most importantly, he only had 22 walks in 92 innings. Nice. So that's only 2.2 walks per nine, which is huge for a young pitcher, because most young pitchers walk everyone.
0: Yeah, good control.
1: But he he's still weighs still out. He only pitched in high A. The ETA on him is 2024. 20, um, Luckily, we've said this about a few other guys, the timing of his Tommy John surgery was pretty good. Yeah, maybe. He he already got it in 2020, and that's also when there was no minor league baseball, so he really didn't miss out on much development more than any other player. And now he's healthy and he's pitching, so hopefully he will consistently be rising up and maybe pitch in Double A or maybe even Triple A this coming year. And yeah, we, we we won't see him for a little bit, but hopefully. He'll be up eventually, and he's definitely a name to keep an eye on.
2: Well, he also just had his booster shot, so I'm Ooh, very encouraged. Good timing. Yeah, I'm very well, encouraged that he's not going to get COVID and really cost us there too. Get
1: that arm sorted out of you two,
0: two to three weeks. Yeah. yeah well, sure. I'm I'm thinking the Mets need to get their team doctor to give Tommy John to guys without the injury. Just give it to him right out of high school. Any prospects you're looking at, pay for yeah, it. Right yeah. So just they've got a bionic arm. Maybe put some stem cells in there. Uh, just get them ready for the league. That's That sounds like the way to go.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad strategy. I, I like it.
0: Jack, I heard you have some opinions on the Hall of Fame class of 2022. Oh, how,
2: how did the Hall of Fame voting go? I don't even know.
0: Well, all I know is David Ortiz is in, David and Ortiz. the Cheaters, uh, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, were left out yet again.
2: Well, you know, I find it interesting. The last couple of years, well, actually now we're talking three years of voting the last three years. Okay. Now bonds and Clemens, um, should, and, and even Manny Ramirez should have been in already, if not for, for, um, steroids in the butt. Yeah. Right. So let's just take them out of the equation. I'm glad they're not getting in, of course. So if you take these guys out of the equation, Ortiz wins at 78% and gets in, Scott Rowland would be next at 63%. Mm. And then Billy Wagner is 51%. Andrew Jones is 41%. So last year, nobody got in via the, the, the um, balloting by the writers. Mm-hmm. In 2020, Derek Jeter got in, which was a no-brainer. Larry mm-hmm. Walker barely got in, and he was in his 10th year. So the last three years, we have Ortiz, who is very questionable with mm-hmm. his uh, steroid use, also a lifetime D.H., I might add, or practically a lifetime D.H., Nobody last year and Derek Jeter. So I'm thinking – and like I say, you could say that, well, the steroid boys would have got in, but they would have got in 10 years ago. So take them out of the equation. So are we saying to people in this three-year window, we've had nobody retire between 2008 and and 2021? Yeah. That's worthy except David Ortiz and Derek (laughs) Jeter? I mean, who are, the, who are they measuring these guys against? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, so like, you got to just say to yourself, well, look, I mean, there were some great players in those days. So I, I would make the case for Andrew Jones, Billy Wagner, or Scott Rowland. But, you know, uh, maybe next year, I'm sure that uh, Andrew Jones is on a bit of a roll. I think he'll get in eventually, maybe. But it's just weird to me that well, where's all the great players and why aren't we getting those guys in right now? It's. It's just a changing thing. So I make a case for Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff ah. had four hundred and ninety-three lifetime home runs, overshadowed by the fact that he played in the steroid era. So he was overlooked because of Sosa, because of McGuire, right. Bonds, Ortiz, oh, Ramirez, now, well, et cetera, et cetera. But McGriff and Ortiz line up not too poorly. Slash line and 162 game average mm-hmm. for McGriff is 32-102, OPS-886. Ortiz is a 36-home run, 119 RBI, OPS-931. So Ortiz does have the numbers. But for McGriff, five-time All-Star, seven times finished in the top 20 in MVP as a first baseman, where there was competition for him. Ortiz did not have a lot of competition in mm-hmm. during his playing. He was by far the most dominant DH. You know, whoop doo right. And can you name any other first baseman in his era that got in? Um, Maybe Jim Tomey is the guy who was um playing at that time as well. But there wasn't a lot of guys. So, War, 55, Ortiz, 53, McGriff. Jaws is uh, 45, Ortiz, and 43, McGriff. So, again, he's not far off. But Fred McGriff is a guy who's been overlooked mm-hmm. as a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He may get in in that last-ditch whatever they're calling it now, mm-hmm. the same way Tony Oliva got in and Jim Cott got in, uh, this in 2022 here. But it's just, it's just weird that the last three years, all we've had is Derek Jeter um, and, and Ortiz and Larry Walker barely um, get in into the Hall of Fame. And this goes back to what Andrew was saying, how, you know, potentially one and done. Well, if not one and done, at least don't don't Poop around and not vote for a guy you're going to eventually vote for anyway. Like an Andrew Jones, like a Scott Rowling, you know, just get it over with it. It's just, to me, it's a a shame how um, we can't seem to find the players to get into Hall of Fame right now. I don't know if this is just a fluky time or or what, but uh, we'll see what happens next year with a few guys.
0: Yeah, no, it's an interesting point about Fred McGriff. When you look at that time period and you're saying, okay, these guys don't count because they cheated. You have to look at, okay, who's, who's up next? Yeah. Who's the best player that didn't cheat? Because yeah. they deserve a shout. Fred McGriff, interesting, interesting choice. Well,
2: plus, you know, 19 seasons. So it wasn't like he was yeah. just, um, you know, got in for 14 and put up some good numbers and was gone. But, you know, the guy played for a while. Five-time All-Star. Ortiz, a 10-time All-Star, but as, you know, as a DH. so mm-hmm. Without anyway, a lot of competition, like you said. yeah, Fred McGriff is, is overlooked. If, he, if Ortiz is in... I think you have to consider McGriff, Fred
0: McGriff, longtime listener for all thirty episodes. We love you, buddy. Uh, Andrew, I I hear you got some information on the ongoing labor negotiations and the MLB lockout that's going on. What's going on over there?
1: We've we got some news. We don't really. A lot of the news has been pretty vague, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't sound great. There was an update that came out last week outlining kind of what what the players association laid out what the owners laid out and how far apart they are and looking at some of the numbers that got put out there it's looking like spring training and maybe even the start of the season is in jeopardy Uh uh-oh so the first update that i read is that the mlb agreed to accept a pre-arbitration bonus pool For the top 30 players in war, which I'm assuming that means there would be a pool of money that would be distributed to the top 30 young players in the league. So, the top 30 players that aren't under contract, guys that are still in arbitration, which is a really cool idea to let these young players get paid because a lot of guys come up, they're 20, 21, 22, they're making 500K. But they're putting up just as good numbers as guys that are making 20, 30 million. Yeah. So I really like that idea. But then the numbers that got thrown out apparently, the Players Association wants this pool of money to be $105 million. I think an update actually came out today that they're willing to go down to $100 million. And then mm. the owners want it to be $10 million. So <laughs> we're $90 million off
2: Ten away million from each dollars. other. $10 million dollars, but 30 ways
1: for 30 players. That's all the owners cool. are willing to offer.
2: Oh, man, they're, they're approaching my salary right <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's in, crazy. in retirement. That's crazy. And I what's agree. the purpose of this money? To is this just so that they can put off the the arbitration till the fourth year and, and free agency of the sixth year?
1: I think so. I think this is a way for them to say, you know, we're not willing to compromise on that, but we'll at least give the top players some money because that's Mm -hmm. really what the players association wants like a like a cash bonus but we won't give
0: them much that's so weird that they won't give them it's only 30 if you're only gonna do 30 players that seems like a great compromise compared to all the players exactly that age group and you and you and you can't and you can't dish out some cash for these kids come on that sounds like a really odd um, compromise. It sounds like they don't want to do it at all, given the money they're offering, too. Oh, that's true too.
1: Right. So that's number that's one. Number two is kind of along the same lines. The Players Association wants minimum salary to be raised. Last year, the minimum salary was five hundred and seventy thousand. So I think that's any player that comes up. I think yeah. in their first two years, that's what they make. That's the, it. Yeah, they make five hundred <laughs> well, seventy. The Players Association wants 775k, and the MLB offered to raise it to 615k. So they, well, they, they offered close. what? A $45,000 raise, and the Players Association wants basically a $200,000 raise. Hmm. So pretty far off on that. Yeah. And then the third thing is that the MLB withdrew the offer to change arbitration structure. So that's all that said. I'm assuming that means the whole thing we were talking about before with the age-based thing where older players will reach free agency sooner than younger players. I kind of assumed that wasn't going to happen anyway. It Mm. seems a little bit too complicated for the owners to agree to. But apparently that is completely scrapped, and it's all now on this bonus money for the top 30 players.
2: Hmm. Not 31?
1: Not (laughs) 31. If you're number 31, you're... Well, that actually... That brings up another interesting point that I was thinking. If you're tied for war? Yeah. So, one, there are a few different ways that you can calculate war. You have Ah, Baseball Reference does their own. That's B war. Fangraphs does their own. That's F war. And there might be even some others. And I remember reading an article right in the beginning when we were starting this podcast just about war. And it was an article with the guy at Fangraphs who... Created F4, and he basically said, "This is not supposed to be an exact number. It's really uh, an est- it's an estimate. Uh, you know, a guy that yeah, has yeah, a guy who put up 3.1 and a guy that put up 3.2, you really can't say the guy that put up 3.2 is better because there's so many factors going into this number that yeah, you know, if a guy put up three and a guy put up four, that's a big difference. But 0.1, 0.2." That's really not how the stat is supposed to be used. So it is interesting that the MLB is willing to put all this money towards a stat that isn't perfect. And yeah, I could see a lot of people not being happy about that.
2: Just take the average of the three war systems that are out there. I mean, just you do have to draw the line somewhere. So that'd be my recommendation. Take the average of the the three war systems and uh, just really complicate this stupid thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: I, I mean, say
0: we I say we do highest Woba. Get Woba in there. Underappreciated stat.
2: Well all right. right. We'll, we we'll bring on the next topic before I get wobbly myself.
0: Ah uh, uh, Jack. You what? are the topic of the next topic. What is bothering you, buddy? We haven't what had this segment in a while. There's gotta be a well, lot of pent
2: up aggression in there. Well again, <laughs> I, well you know, at the NFL Put on a great even,
0: show right now, yeah. Uh,
2: they are put on a great <laughs> show. I don't like okay, we go we went to seventeen games, right? Yeah. But now we've got the, we've still got this two week gap until the Super Bowl, which will yeah, probably never get away. But it sucks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm itching. and here's a it's just so stupid. And you know, they do it they do it for a lot of on a on a on a loogie on a Met telecast, but but I will say this. They're they're this close to having the perfect schedule because I've been saying for years and years and years, put the Super Bowl the day before President's Day, you dumbasses. That way you can party and watch Super Bowl, and nobody goes to work on Monday. So the Super Bowl should this should have been happened a long time ago. Shifting the season so that now we're I think we're just a week away now, right? Um, the Super Bowl is February what thirteenth. So if we go to eighteen game schedule, I guess I'll get my wish. The Super Bowl be pushed out to <laughs> President's Day finally, and I mean, the, no one else will get their wish because eighteen games is is absurd. But um, uh, that's what spits me off. Please put the Super Bowl the day before President's Day once and for all, and that way, no everyone can don't have to go to work the next day.
0: Good shout for all the drunks out yeah. there, and the just the old people that. Don't like waking up early after going to sleep late. Good shout. Right. We don't like that.
2: We don't like that at all. I'm on vacation now, and I'm – yeah. And you still go to bed at 7 o'clock? I'm still falling asleep at 7 o'clock on the couch. Oh, we got 20 minutes, Andrew. Let's wrap this up quick. i go to bed at 8.30, and uh, I'm at 5.30 making coffee. Anyway, (laughs) what's next? All right. Next, we're
0: going to do a little bit of quizzing. We're going to get back to our old ways. We're gonna talk Charles Ooh, like Old Hoss Rad Radburn or Am Radborn. I not, should I, I would Google say. his
2: should I Google Ooh. his stats or should I not Google his
0: stats? Exactly, Andrew. Who? This guy pitched in the dead ball era and in eighteen eighty four had one of the craziest seasons in MLB history.
2: He won sixty games.
0: Close. Close. 59. He won close to sixty games. In 1889, he won 59 games. Wow. He is also, fun fact, the, per- the first person ever photographed flicking off the camera. I don't know if you guys know this. Oh,
2: come on. I don't this
0: guy that. is quite the character. In, in, one of his, um, in one of his team photos, he's seen in the back left flicking off the camera. And uh, he ended up telling the media later that, no, that was, a, that was just a cigar I was smoking. That was, that was nothing. Uh, but he's definitely, definitively flicking off the camera. What a legend! First person ever. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, eighteen eighty-four. That's like how many people were getting their photograph taken? Come on. So uh, let me give you guys a well, little so backstory. Be the question? The well, first I, player to use the middle finger? Well, I'm giving you guys some backstory about this classic guy, Charles <laughs> Old ha- Old ha- Radford. I, Rad Rad I think Lord. he's like
2: five foot nine or something. He's a short Shut guy. Shut up! That's you're stealing all the. <laughs> Tri- the trivia questions. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Stop cheating. Stop <laughs> I'm cheating. Not, I am not cheating, I swear to you.
0: We're back, because Jack's cheating. We had to go to technical difficulties. I had I to am rewrite the whole cheating. quiz because he I, was cheating. I swear to you, it wasn't <laughs> cheating. But go All ahead, right. ask All your right. questions.
2: My wife is sitting right here. She can attest to it. I'm not cheating. Go ahead.
0: Hello, hello, Kathy. We love you. Yo, yo, yo. All right, so with 51 games remaining in the Providence season, <laughs> pitcher Charlie Sweeney stormed off the field after being pulled in the seventh inning while up five runs, never to return to the team. How many of the remaining 51 games did Charles Radbourne pitch for All the right. Providence baseball team?
2: Should I type it in?
0: Uh, you guys can just guess. I mean. 50. Alright, Andrew.
1: How many games were left? Fifty-one. So that was probably back when they had two man rotation. So I'm gonna say exactly. all fifty-one.
0: He started forty-one of the last fifty-one games. Wow. So Jack, you were closer, you get the first point.
2: Alright. Yeah, Andrew's right. There was basically two man rotation back then.
0: So after after this game, they were in a they were in a pennant race and uh Rad, Radborn was interviewed after the game and he said, I'll pitch every day and win the pennant for Providence even if it costs me my right arm. This guy was dedicated to the team for absolutely no reason. Getting paid absolutely squat diddly. He just, he loved the game. You gotta love that. So, how many games straight did he win to get Providence their first and only pennant? That's easy. 19. He won he won this many games straight. 19. Out of, the, um, a, out of the 41, what was his longest streak, Andrew?
1: I'll say 12.
0: Jack is closer again. The answer was 18. Oh. 18 straight wins. Impressive. All right. Next question. Do they even have a minor league team? I doubt it. Go ahead. Who pitched more innings? Every starter on the two, 2018 <laughs> Rays... With at least eight games, or Charles Radburn in the eighteen eighty (laughs) four
2: season. Well, obviously you're setting us up here very nicely. It's a gimme. It's a gimme. Radburn, yeah, would seem to be the answer. Yeah.
0: Olhas. Olhas is correct. Fifty more innings than the than every starter on the two thousand and eighteen Rays who started at least eight games.
2: I mean. Probably pitched every six
0: hundred and seventy eight point two innings. So not every inning. How many starts? Uh, well, he was fifty nine and twelve. So,
2: starts. yeah, at least seventy one. Well, Seventy one times nine is only six hundred and thirty nine. So, yeah, he pitched extra innings even. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. I'll give you yeah. guys. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll
0: give you guys another tough question. What do you think his ERA was over those at least
2: 71 games? Well, that would be a very unofficial stat. But I'm going to guess uh,
1: 2.03. Oh, I think it's sub 2. I'm going to go like 184.
2: Andrew's
0: right. It's sub 2 at 1.38.
2: Wow, that's, that's pretty low. Now, in, in old Haas, of course, now back then, uh, they pitched mostly underhand which it's a lot easier to pitch lot on the hand than it is overhand. So mm-hmm. that's one reason he did it. However, we cannot take anything away from old Hoss Fradburn for really set the table for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays uh, starting staff um, of, <laughs> of, of 2021. So how, now, how, was, how tall was old Haas? I think he was 5'9".
0: I don't have that stat, so we're just going to have to trust you on that one.
2: Well, I could Google it, but I'm not going to.
0: All right. We'll go What's with 5'9", uh, Charles Oldhaas Radborn. Next question is – now, Jack, you'll know this better than I do, but this is just in the article that I read. Uh, the first ever World Series was in 1884. Is that right?
2: Well, that would have be been on a very unofficial World Series. The first true World Series was in 1903 where you had a National League and American League. Well, in
0: so, 1884, whatever they were calling the World Series with lowercase yeah. letters, Providence – the Providence Grays played the Mets. And Charles Haas pitched every game of the the three-game series. Uh In the first game, he pitched a complete game shutout.
2: In the second game, he pitched seven innings and one run. But
0: the game was cut short by darkness. So they postponed it. Came back, they, they they easily you know won the next uh, you know they they won the next the two rest innings of the, the game. game, yeah. And then they decided to play game three, which Charles Radborn pitched for fun. This game wasn't official; <laughs> it was just for fun. Oh, they just played another game for the heck of it. Who do you think won that game? Charles Hoss Radburn, I guess. And how many runs did he give up? We'll do that as the last question. Uh, zero.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say zero.
0: He gave up two runs in the in the win
1: oh, to sucks. go
0: three and zero in the World Series, unofficial World Series. Obviously, it wasn't very official if they just called the game short, it's like a pickup game. Then, yeah. <laughs> just one, one last one. So that was that was the quiz. Charles Oldhaas Radborn won the quiz this week because he is a legend. He will always be a legend.
2: Well, you know why they played that that, that third game.
0: Because, because it was a quick two-inning game. they like, we're already here. Well, well,
2: well. Who, who, who's who's the, uh, who's our commissioner now?
1: Rob Manfred?
0: Manfred?
2: Yeah, because Manfred charged full admission for those two <laughs> innings, and he felt so bad. He said, well, you go ahead. You better play another game because we just charged everybody twice to uh, see the same okay. game. So, bastard.
1: Yeah, fans wanted their five cents Manfred. worth.
0: I think that's why Manfred charges now to make up for the lost money back then day-night doubleheaders,
2: pushing everyone out of the stands, <laughs> seven innings. Alright, save that I for next a, week's What's Bothering Jack. I have a All
1: question right. about underhand pitching. How, how did that even work? Was it like old man softball? Was it like girls softball? How did How did they throw underhand?
2: Well, they threw underhand but it was like a modified fast pitch but also it was only like a 50 foot from the mound to the home plate. Mm. Okay, So it was closer too. But yeah, so it was like a um, like a really nasty underhanded sidearm type of thing that they used to do back then, which, like we said, didn't have as much wear and tear on the arm. But then when they went full overhand, that's when they backed it up to 60 feet, 6 inches.
1: I think we should go back. The
0: God-ordained Ooh, distance. Go back to the 50 feet underhand throw?
1: Well, do you think it's easier to hit off that or harder? Because we're, we're in a strikeout and an offense-starved era right now and that's a true. lot of Tommy John surgery. I think we could boost offense, move them out closer, but make them throw underhand.
2: I think you got to start developing more of those sidearm submariner guys. We need too. more submariner guys.
0: Yeah, let's make more submariner guys. Come on. Yeah, get on come it. On. I, I think that's a good conversation to, to have. We'll put that in the question vault
2: next. What is the Dan, Dan Quisenberry School of Submarining? Come on.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. All right, let's move on to something that we've been building towards these last couple of weeks, the Role Player Card Draft. We've got our teams ready to announce. Uh, the, teams, the teams
2: don't look terrible.
0: It doesn't look terrible. They're not too deep, so no. that's the only part that could that could be scary later on in the season. But right now, it's looking, it's looking like we might have an interesting little... Competition going on here, yep. so we're gonna start with our home run hitters. We're gonna announce our starters, and if you guys have anything to say about, you know, your home run hitter category or base dealer category, you guys chime right in, say what you got to say. Maybe you got a trade you want to mention. Let's hear it. All right. We'll start All right. with we'll start with Andrew in the home run hitter category. Who who do you got starting for you?
1: Well, I just wanted to bring up uh, one thing that I noticed about. Our card, I mean, obviously we all noticed that our right yeah the pack sucked. basically every player we got, yeah they was were pretty terrible. every once in a while we'd get a decent card, and then i was I've been watching every once in a while, I'll watch card openings just on YouTube or whatever. guys will buy boxes of cards and mm-hmm. open them. and I know we bought you know a $20 dollar box, but everything I'm seeing people opening say it's 10 cards in the pack. Nine of them are good, solid players that everyone that's, would have heard that's, of. That's that all stars. And it doesn't really matter what kind of pack it is. So then I did a little bit more, I I wouldn't even call it research, but a little bit of research. <laughs> and I went on the tops website and I looked at our boxes. So we bought the tops 2021 update series. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is what Topps has to say about the update series. Base cards featuring stars on their new teams, newly debuting rookies, Mm -hmm. MLB MLB All-Star Game week highlights, as well as ongoing celebration of 70 years of Topps baseball are all found in packs of 2021 Topps baseball update series. So we... We set ourselves up for failure, and we bought <laughs> the packs that only have rookies and the very few good players that have changed teams over the last year. That explains like That's it. why we got Lindor and Arenado, and, and every heads. other yeah. good player wasn't a uh, base card. They were all yeah. those throwback cards. So, yeah, the reason every player we got sucked is because this box is specifically... For rookies and Uh, uh, mid-season call-ups and uh, garbage players. Now I don't know if you
2: guys recall that I mentioned that possibility or
0: not. Yeah, you you did, you did, but then you did no further research. So I thought, no, I did not. He would have figured that out.
2: (laughs) He would have figured that out. Yeah, they used to. to. They used to do this back in the day, but they wouldn't do it. They would like this. This cars that they would release later in the season, like in Mm -hmm. um, October. I'm sorry. Like in in late July, August into early September. Like by then, certain players are traded, mm-hmm. so you have like updated card or traded card or cards of guys who had made some moves. But it, yeah, so yeah, it's just a, that's so. And then it sounds like it's just some bullshit money grabbing set of cards that they put out. Yeah, I mean, and
0: to be fair, it was the only large pack of cards that we could all get our hands on. This is at, true at the store, and honestly, I think. It makes it more interesting. I agree. In terms of building our team because now we really have to dive into some guys that we just don't even know what to do with. So Yeah, we
2: we all manage to patch something together.
0: Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's not like we have the most studly teams ever, but it mm-hmm. I mean, and if worse comes to worse, we can always pick up a pack of ten that has nine studs in it, like uh Andrew C and these unboxing guys have. And we can yeah. implement that halfway through the season or something. You know? That's, mm-hmm. I think this is this has worked out just fine uh, all right. well, let's um let us begin.
2: What do we got? Yeah,
0: Andrew, home run hitter.
1: Home run hitter. So I actually have surprisingly some good depth in the home run hitter category. Uh-huh. I have my top four Aloy Jimenez, Juan Soto, Bobbuchette, and Marcus Simeon are all projected around the same home run totals anywhere between 25 to 35 Mm -hmm. Uh, but most of the guys are better in another category so right now I have Marcus Simeon as my starter for home run hitter because I think he hit almost 40 last year and Aloy Jimenez will probably be my uh, 1b to Marcus Simeon's 1a
0: that's a good pick that's a good choice there Mm-hmm. I I also have a decent bit of depth in the home run hitter category, but there's there are two guys that I'm using elsewhere. Um, yeah, you Ronald- don't have
2: enough depth because you're not going to move as off of strikeout.
0: I agree, I agree. And My Votto run- isn't
2: going to do much for you at age forty.
0: Hey, he hit thirty six dingers last year, so I'm just saying I have he's got some pop. Uh but I, 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 I agree, I man. agree. I am weak. I am weak in that category. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be my starter. He hit twenty four last year in a shortened season due to injury. Uh he's projected to not I mean, he's projected to hit twenty five next year, but what the hell does that number even mean? He'll probably hit yeah. forty. Javi hit thirty one and Vado hit thirty six, but Javi's obviously gonna be my strikeout guy. Uh you know, it's a it's a, it could use some improvement. So Jack, I'm open to talks with you. But right now, Ronald Acuna Jr., if he can if he can uh withstand the season's uh grueling demand on his body, yeah, he's he gonna wants, be my so, guy.
2: Yeah, Jack, who you got? I've got um, I'm gonna go with Fernando Tatis right now as my home run guy. Uh, good Aaron Judge, a little fun. I think the thing I have that helps uh, people who need depth here Zachary I have yeah. two players I don't expect to use in Nelson Aronado and Josh Bell <laughs> you
0: got to start calling in the right name man what <laughs> Nolan Arenado, not Nelson Nolan Arenado and,
2: and Josh <laughs> Bell are yeah. just out there for a variety of different potential uses so uh, just keep that in mind as we go along all right what's next
0: I'm stolen interested all right yeah Andrew who do you got for stolen base guy
1: Stolen base is going to be a tough one, I think, for everyone. But I, right now, I have Bo Bichette. He stole 25 bases last year and he's projected for baseball reference, says it at 17. I could see right around 20 again. I have also Manuel Margot who stole 13. He's projected at 16. So he could maybe be my depth, but. Stolen base is definitely going to be a struggle for me.
0: Yeah, for me, uh, Miles Straw is my guy. If he can stay healthy again, obviously. I don't I don't have too much depth in this category. But Miles Straw, if he can stay healthy, he sold 30 bases last year. I think that was like fourth or fifth in the league. Uh, he got a lot of plate appearances on the Astros and the Guardians last year. I think his move to the Guardians is really going to ensure he gets playing time. So, Miles Straw could be a big asset for me, especially because Jack doesn't have squat in this category. Well, I also guy, have Dylan yeah. Moore, Tyler Wade, and Michael Taylor. It's really going to depend on those three guys to get play time. Jack, those guys are in trade talks with you if, you, if you're if you
2: interested. No. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be interested in a stolen base guy. The guy I have as a stolen base guy had zero stolen bases the last two years. <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding, but... The four years before that, he'd managed to average 12 steals a season, um, Rough Ned Odor. Now, the good thing about Odor is that he's been picked up by the Orioles uh. and has a chance to play a lot of innings. Mm-hmm. Um, and he struck out 178 times for Texas um, back in 2019. So I'm hoping he can steal a few bases and then he be a strikeout guy. But uh, I'm looking for help in the stolen base category, yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I didn't know he moved to the Orioles. I thought he was selling the Yanks, and I was like, I don't know.
2: No, that's the thing. With the Orioles, he is a much more attractive choice for for something.
0: I agree, Andrew. Who is your serial walker? Who's going to be walking for you this year?
1: Juan Soto. Oh, freaking nothing, nothing yeah.
0: else needs to be said. No, uh, my loser is Joey Votto. He's. I mean, I I looked at the stats. He walks more than anybody else in my card pack uh, per at-bat, so that's, that's who I'm going with.
2: Yeah, I'm going to burn a guy who might not play enough, but a guy who's not going pe- to compete with Soto. I just inserted Chris Bryant in there just because I didn't out of anybody else. Yeah. But I'm not worried about it with Soto. Uh, yeah, Soto's well. going to
0: rule that category. We just got to hope he tears yeah. a hammy doing his Soto shuffle. Yeah. All right, next is a uh, strikeout batter. Who's going to strike out for you, Andrew?
1: So I'm hoping we well we've already discussed this during the opening, but I'm hoping Patrick Wisdom is going to be my strikeout battery. out 153 times in only 106 games last year. So if he starts all 162, or, you know, or 150 plus games, he should rack up a fair bit of strikeouts. So he will definitely be my starter for now. I do have Aloy Jimenez also a all-or-nothing power strikeout guy. So he, he could always be my backup if Wisdom isn't doing it for me.
0: He's still on the Cubs, right? He's He'll he'll definitely be playing next year. Yeah, cause, he's cause on the he Cubs. Was a, he was an important piece of the Cubs last year. Yes, he should get a shot for them. Yeah, he should, yeah. He should, he should, he should be open, uh, in the team on opening day. Javier Baez is my man uh moved to the Tigers so he'll get all the playing time he wants. He struck out the most in the league last year with 184. He's going to he's going to win this category for me so many times. Jack, I don't know. Who's your that. loser?
2: I got Aaron Judge. He struck out 158 times last year. He struck out 208 times in 2017. So um it'll be interesting I, but uh Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to want to try to make up for his off year last year, compared, <laughs> and he's going to be swinging for the downs and striking out a whole lot.
0: No, I, I heard they picked up Quattlebaum as their hitting coach, and I heard that he's going to really turn, yeah. Contact turn the, strikeout, Contact. <laughs> the strikeout numbers around. Yeah, all right. We'll see. All right. Well, let's move on to the pitching categories, and we'll start with strikeout pitchers. Andrew, who is going to be the man striking out the batters for you?
1: Maybe no one. Uh, My starting (laughs) pitching is is not very deep, but as of now, I have Charlie Morton as my strikeout pitcher, who had a solid year. He struck out 216 guys last year, Hmm. which was close to tops in the league, but I don't see him competing with either of your starting pitchers, so I think that is going to be a struggle for me all year.
0: This is a category for me that I'm not incredibly deep in either. I just learned about Trevor Bauer's um, trouble with the law. Oh somehow yeah. Somehow that somehow that escaped me all of last year. Uh, but I do have old timer Justin Verlander, who does strike out a lot of guys in 2019. He struck out 12. Got uh, he got 12 strikeouts per nine innings. But he's old, so we'll see how he does. But I also have Alex Manoa waiting uh in the background with the I mean he had a he he had a pretty stellar rookie season last year so he could he could step up in a big way if Justin Verlander is feeling his age this year. So we'll see how that goes. Jack, what is your strikeout pitcher look like well
2: I obviously am set there with Zach Wheeler um as my strikeout guy.
0: Yeah, that's a good um
2: but I've got Frankie Montez, or have you say his name? Uh, with Sounds Oakland, right. who had an excellent strikeout season last season, he could be on the block as someone that could help you guys out. So, um, interesting. Interesting. We uh, to take a look at Frankie Frankie Montez, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see if we can wheel and deal. All
0: right, next have, one. Uh,
2: yeah, go ahead. I'm, sorry. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I got
0: nothing. You, you, you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. All right, we'll move on to Johnny Walker, uh, the pitcher who gives up the most walks. If our viewers and listeners don't remember. Andrew, who is your Johnny Walker?
1: I think Johnny Walker is going to be a hotly contested category. I agree. This year, I think there's a lot of close guys. As of now, I have Tyler Malley as my Johnny Walker. He walked 64 guys last year, and he, he struck out a bunch, so he definitely should be starting. He's on the Reds. He will easily be their number either easily they're one of their top two pitchers. So he definitely should be starting all year and he does have some control issues. So hopefully he'll be able to rack up a bunch of walks for me.
0: I agree. This is going to be an interesting category. I've got Zach Davies as my starter for Johnny Walker. Yeah.
2: If We ever get a chance to pitch.
0: Well, he, I mean, I think he will. He's still on the Cubs. He was pretty much their second and third starter all year. He gave up four point six uh, walks per per nine last year. I also have mm. John Gant on the I team John who's interesting. Gant. But yeah, I, I see that. So I, I don't know who picked him first. We're gonna have I to did. we're gonna have to review I that. I did. Uh well I don't know <laughs> I d I don't know if you did because I was marking mine down as we went along and you were kinda of writing yours down after the fact. So we'll have to go know. review the tape. But I think you might have had him first, really. But I also what? have Mike Miner who's who who walks guys frequently and uh Jose Urena who could be an interesting uh trade piece. We'll see. Yeah.
2: I think I already I yeah. I've got John Gant. I've got Steven Matz in my back pocket in case KC struggles this year. Um but that's about all I have right now for for Johnny Walker walking guys. Um
0: We'll have to review so the tape I, on that I... John Gant pick, but I think he's yours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, there's another guy who'll be lucky to, to make it out of spring training with a team.
0: Yeah, that, that's another so. thing I was worried about. He's old and he sucks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so well, we'll see. Steven Matz could be my guy there.
0: All right. All right, we're moving on to a new category this year. No, it's, no we got Anthony Grom first. Sorry. Anthony Grom, for those who don't remember, Anthony Grom, pitcher who gives up the most runs. Andrew, who's your guy this year?
1: My guy... Not feeling super confident with because he actually had a pretty good year, but right now I have Chris Flexen in there. Flexen. He had a three six one ERA, which is solid, but I'm hoping that he won't get sent down. He'll pitch a lot of innings, and last year really was his first good year of his career, so maybe he will falter a little bit, but they'll keep rolling him out there because he had such a good year last year. And I mean the Mariners are good, but they're not great. So they don't have a ton of options. Yeah. So hopefully, Flexen will be out there all year. But who knows? If I have to move away from him, I don't have very many good options.
0: Well, I might be able to help you out if I have Jean Gant, but that's that's in the balance right now. Uh, this is always a tough category because you have to pick someone who sucks, but is good Who's enough to stay play. in the league. Right. So I've got somebody who couldn't really stay in the league last year uh but was effective as an anti-ground when he was in the league. Mike Fultonevitz is my current starter. I don't even know if he's going to be you know in a rotation at the beginning of the year. So I also have Mike Miner of the Royals and the controversial John Gant. So I I mean I could be kind of wait, you, I'm looking at this, and Jack says he also has Jose Urena on his team. We have some some reviewing of the tape to do. Jack, who is your anti-deGrom pitcher?
2: I got um um I got Dane Dunning Ooh, um for D. the Rangers. So I think you know he's a guy. He had 25 starts for the Rangers last year. He pitched not terribly, but not very good. <laughs> perfect so guy, like perfect, like perfect, perfect for this guy, category. Like a 4-5 ERA, which for Texas makes him a very good pitcher.
0: He's the best pitcher in Texas.
2: So I, I just have a feeling that uh, this Dane Dunning is going to be huge for me.
0: I'm excited for you personally. I'm excited too. And I'm also excited for these uh, three new categories that we have this year. We are, are uh, participating in a retired guy category, which we're calling the old fogie. We've Mm -hmm. got most positions played category, which we're calling, what is that? Participation award? No, that's games played. That's our last category. Participation award is games played. Pitcher or player who participates in the most games that that week. Or I guess it's just pitcher, right?
1: Well, Yeah, I think it should be pitchers only. But yeah, we'll figure it out. I think that will be our appearances
0: appearances category. right appearances yeah. category. that's that's a good way to put it so we'll yeah. start with our first new category retired guy we still have something in the works with this but uh let's just let's just give our old guy awards out andrew who, who are the oldest guys on your team
1: oldest guy on my team easily is rich hill he is oh is old Going into his 42-year-old season. Oh, my gosh. He We're has tiger, signed. Buddy. Oh, no, he has signed with a team. He's got a he gambling signed, problem. He signed with the Red Sox, it looks like. I didn't realize he had signed as a free agent. So maybe he'll struggle and he'll get released and then he'll just hang it up. Uh, so he, he I think, is my best bet at a retirement. I had Chance Sisko, who for some reason I thought was in the league for a long time and he's never really hit. He's a catcher. I thought maybe no one would sign him and he'd retire, but apparently he's only like 28 or 29. So I don't think he'll be an option for me. It's really rich Hill all or nothing. All
0: right. Well, I've got, I've got a guy who already retired, but it was after I picked his card. So he already got me a point. John Lester, 38 of St. Louis, uh, Boston, Chicago, Washington, all those great well, he's teams not eligible. he was on. Well, he, he is because I picked him before he retired. So I also have Matt Schumacher or Shoemaker, however you want to address that oh, name. He's 36. Yeah. I got Tony Watson, a relief pitcher who's 37 on the Giants, and the Giants are notorious for bad relief pitching, so I'm sure he sucks. Then I also have uh, Wilson Ramos, 34, and he's a catcher. Catchers a lot of wear and tear. I have Mitch Moreland, who's 36. He could stick around, but he might be retiring at the end of this year. You just never know with those guys. I also have Jed Lowry, 38. Holy jeez. Okay, we get that dig on old guys. So, yeah, this uh, obviously <laughs> old, old guys get traded a lot, and they're going to be yeah. found in these shit packs that we, that we bought yeah. at Target and Walmart or wherever we bought them. So, uh, yeah, I've got some options for this one. Jack, well, I've got how about Matt, you?
2: I've, I've got Matt Harvey, um, but I oh, think this, this is a category. Night. This is a category I think I'd um, like to discuss at one point how we're going to score this. We I'm have just to thinking. Discuss it. Well, I'm thinking take your top four, and if any, every time one of those guys retire, you get a bonus point that week. Something like that. Um, okay. Because that just way we that have week. To, well, yeah. Like if Matt Harvey retires May 1st, I get an extra point. <laughs> um, okay. Well, maybe. Well, whatever it
0: is. Uh, how, about, how about you get an automatic win?
1: Yeah. Nah. Retirements are pretty rare in the middle of the season. We might, we might have to make yeah, it worth you more get than that. I an
0: automatic win. Well, and whatever then at the end is, of the year, it'll be one it win if you have the most guys retire at yeah. the end of the year.
2: Because Andrew's right. It is rare to get an official retirement notification, but, uh, but we'll figure something out on it.
0: We'll that. figure we'll, we'll We'll talk about yeah. this post-pod. Yeah. But go ahead with the rest of your retired guys.
2: Oh, uh, let's see here. I've got. Um, I'm not giving you Julio, Matt Walker because he doesn't Teran. exist.
0: It's Michael Walker.
2: I got Julio Teran, Michael Walker, <laughs> and Jake Arrieta. Those are my top four right now.
0: Okay, that's that's, that's a good bunch.
2: Yeah, yeah. All, they're, all they're, pitchers all suck.
0: All washed up. Yeah, all, all right, let's up. move on to our next new category: most positions played that week. Right, that's how we're doing this one. So, Andrew, we're going to kick it over to you first.
1: All right. My main guy who I was feeling really confident in until I saw Jack's option is uh, (laughs) A-Ray Adrianza, who I think played six positions last year. Mm -hmm. And he's on, well, I think he might be a free agent, but he's on the Braves, who are a good team. So he will probably only, no matter where he goes, I feel like he will only be a utility guy. So I could see him getting some action playing a lot of positions, but yeah, this is another one where we'll have to discuss yeah. exactly how we're going to score it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've got. Well, uh,
0: go ahead. Oh try. yeah, you you can go. I'm still making sure I'm going to say the right thing on my oh, time. Right comes.
2: now, I'm I'm going Charlie Tar- Culberson, who's played like five or six positions for Texas last year, um, and Pat Vileka, who played five or six positions for Baltimore last year, and Cole Tucker. So, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping for the best. Well, and, and obviously, this will not be scored on a weekly basis, in my opinion. We'll have to discuss how this will be scored as well.
1: Well, me and Zach were discussing this category and just looking at our options. And uh-huh. did you know that your guy, Charlie Culberson, even pitched last year twice? <laughs> yeah, I know so he pitched he, well. He has played, I think, every position except for catcher and center field just last yeah. year alone.
2: Yeah, so um, that's what I'm looking at. And, uh, but as I say, I've got some ideas on how to score this. I could discuss it now. I think um, – well, we won't discuss it now, but uh, Charlie Culverson is going to win this category at least once for me anyway.
0: Well, I've, got, I've got a couple of guys. I've got Jace Peterson, who played seven positions. Dylan Moore played six, and Andrew Vaughn played six. So th- this will be an interesting category no matter what we decide. I'm excited for it. I, I think it should be a weekly thing to just – I mean, I guess it would be hard because it's not often that a guy is shifting around that much that week. It's really dependent right. on whatever the current state of the team is. And
2: how easy is this going to be to track? Right,
0: right. So, ones. yeah, that that, that would be one we have to discuss, but it is one that I am interested in very much. Uh and I think we all think have pretty good,
2: yeah, no, candidates
0: for it. So I think it's a good category. So Let's move on to our last new category, and it's the participation award, which Andrew said uh, was going to be the appearances award. Yes, Andrew, yep. who do you have as I your have as your
1: guy? A few options. My number one is Miguel Castro for the Mets. He. Looks like he had 69 appearances last year, which the league lead was 81, but only a few guys were that high. Most guys were in the low 70s, high 60s, so I could see him being up there. And then Sergio Romo is a guy that I didn't mention for retired guy, but he is pretty old, so I could see him uh, retiring and giving me some old fogey points. But he had 66 appearances last year, so he could be another option.
0: Yeah, Romo is kind of like a skinny old man. He needs like feeding. I'm worried about Sergio. My guy is going to be Giovanni Gallegos Ooh, of the St. Louis God. Cardinals. 73 games appeared in last year. Uh, my backups include Trevor May of the Mets and Dylan Tate. So I think I I think I have room to trade in this category possibly. Jack, how about you?
1: Well,
2: I during the the, the the time that we've been having this conversation, I changed my, particip- my appearance guy four times. Oh, wow. Um, because they're all, uh, but I settled up. I had Tyler Wells from Baltimore. I had Archie Bradley from the Phillies. But I, right now, I'm going with Autumn Ottavino, whatever the heck his name Because he
0: has an awesome name.
2: Oh, from the Red could Sox. You check out Babe Ruth. And he wears the number zero. <laughs> so at least he used to wear the number zero. So uh, I'm going to go with Very him for cool. now, but it depends on uh, how the rosters look coming out because Tyler Wells is somebody who pitched really well in 45 games for Baltimore last year, coming out of the pen really well. And he's a guy who, and he's not their closer, so he's a guy who could pitch a hell of a lot of innings for Baltimore. And R.C. Bradley is also a guy who's a, like their seventh inning guy who I think is going to pitch a lot. So we'll see. But for now, it's Autumn Antavino.
0: And that wraps up our role player draft team announcements mm-hmm. for this year. I, I think we all have pretty awesome, solid, exciting teams. Yeah. And I am excited to see where this thing goes. Yeah. Now, do we, uh, we want to discuss an album for our next uh, topic? Or is that, is that not happening this week?
2: Oh, I didn't listen to the
0: record. I'm sorry. All right. Well, Jack, I'm going to say this. You are at the beach. It's a it's a yeah. new new wave new wave Jamaican record. It's oh. going to be beautiful at the beach. Listen to it. Yeah, there might be like- one song on there that you say, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa I know, whoa. I know you say, hey, whoa, whoa a lot. There might be one of those songs where you're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't listen to this in front of my wife. And that's fine. But there's only one song like that from what I heard. And you know what? You're going to like this album. I like this album. We'll talk about it next week, I guess. Should we talk about two albums next week? Should we get one requested since it's been two weeks and we haven't discussed a new album or are we just going to, we're just going to push it off?
1: I think we roll with it. Yeah. Because... I can release one record. Come on. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's true. We roll with it. All right. I, I You guys are right. You guys are right. Uh, so we'll talk about Theophilus London's baby next Theophilus week. London. Hopefully next week we could do, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday. And who's who's up next? Andrew, are you up next for music of the
1: week? I think it's Jack's pick next.
0: Jack, you're up next. So don't forget.
2: Be prepared. i right. be, be prepared, prepared buddy. Be prepared. I'll, I'll text you. I'll let you know. Just FYI, it's Bob Marley's uh, birthday on Sunday, so a good day to listen to this. Oh my gosh. Monday.
0: I just listened to Bob Marley on the way home today. He oh, is an inspiration. Love yep. that guy. All right. Well, we, we still have a lot in store for you this offseason, people. We are going to talk about old school baseball. We're going to talk, uh, talk about Mets prospects. We're going to talk about Mets news. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. We're going to be here. Every week, sometimes we'll take a week off. But hey, sometimes you take a week off. So it's all good. We'll always be here. Always. Check us out. Thanks for joining us for episode 30 of Lugie. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Join us next Thursday or whatever day this is going to get released for episode 31. Find us on Instagram at Lugie Podcast. And tell your friends if they're Mets fans, if they're Yankees fans, and you want to piss them off, tell them to listen to this podcast. Uh, Just if they're Derek Jeter fans, if they're, oh, if they're A Rod fans, definitely tell them about us because they'll definitely be pissed and you can have a good laugh about that. If they're David Ortiz fans, tell them to listen to this. Uh, And if they're Fred McWhatever fans, tell them to listen to this podcast because we love Fred McGriff. Hello, Belgium. Hello, Belgium. Let's go, baby. Woo. See you guys what next is week.
2: A, I'm, I'm waving a Belgian flag like Tony Kornheiser waves that Canadian flag. Oh, why
0: do you have show. a Belgian flag? Yeah, I don't know. We'll discuss it next week. All right. Next week, the sideways German flag. Look it up. All right. Boom. Indeed. Good night.